Episode 1, Girl Scouts and Scented Candles. The new girl came into town, long blonde hair with the black roots visible, under a red beanie with seams and stitches that I recognized quickly. She wore a coat that I recognized too, and carried a familiar bag, and a familiar scented candle, which she cradled in her hand as she walked. I knew the moment she entered the borders, through the winding path of evergreen trees and into the dark, quiet open, the moment I glanced at her, that she was Ambrose's younger sister. And I was very curious to figure out what had compelled her to come to the secluded, so-called sleepy town of Silver Hollow. Your sister came into town today. Hannah, I remember you telling me her name was. She's about 20 years old now. I haven't seen her before today, but for some strange reason, it feels as though she has grown some. Samuel, you know, the loudmouth crow, was able to give me the details of her arrival. Apparently, she's here for college, and she's already planning on majoring in political science. This year, she's a freshman at Thorn Grove University. She's living in the Patterson Building, which is right by the Aria Building you used to live in when you were here. I wonder if Hannah noticed that. But of course, you know all of this information, since you're Hannah's brother. Samuel the Crow demanded a button from me for giving me the important information, so I gave him one. I always keep a button with me in handy in case Samuel has some interesting gossip to relay. Samuel took the button and flew off in that graceful but painfully awkward way that made me wonder, yet again, why I was even friends with him in the first place. I toured the college campus for a bit to look for Hannah. I knew it wasn't going to be hard, since she has a face very similar to yours. Wide brown eyes and a straight nose and a subtle, uneven slope of a jaw. After some walking around, I saw her heading for the town square. I guessed that she was going to the little festival they held for Thorn Grove University freshmen. It was not super eventful. There were a couple of stands selling cupcakes and sweaters and coffee mugs with the university's logo on all of them, and the location was a nice, clean place with a stone water fountain nearby, but overall it wasn't particularly festive or lively. Not a lot of freshmen went. Still, Hannah went, because maybe she likes cupcakes and cheap merchandise, I don't know. It was cloudy today, as always. You said that one day the sun was bound to shine in Silver Hollow, that this little gray town is in need of some color. But so far, the sky has always remained a firm sheet of bright silver. And it's beautiful, breathtaking, even when you look at it with the silhouettes of the trees and mountains. But you are right. Sun is nice. A little bit of sun wouldn't hurt. And the sun has never shined in Silver Hollow, so... Now, today was cloudy and a little bit darker than usual, and there was a bit of wind. The temperature was comfortable enough for one to wear a sweater, but still not feel too cold or too hot. 
Now, weather aside, Hannah wore a sweater, and I immediately recognized it as one of yours. It's the maroon one with the striped collar and the funky stitching. Hannah had her camera out and was taking a picture of the buildings, which she probably meant to send to you. The buildings haven't changed since you left. They're the same quaint old brick buildings that look like something from the Victorian era. And the people who live in them still have their little decorations out to make their houses theirs. Alex still has their potted plants hanging from their balcony. Marina has her funky chicken lawn gnomes in her yard. And poor old Gerald still can't figure out how to take down the Christmas lights hanging from his roof, which have been up there since last December. I'm sure Hannah would love to meet all of them. I think she'd particularly like Marina's chicken lawn gnomes. I watched from the top of a roof Hannah saunter around the water fountain, gazing up at the trees and buildings, glancing at the college sweaters and t-shirts, her camera out and clicking every once in a while. She took lots of pictures, which is understandable, because Silver Hollow is pretty and worth taking pictures of. Then I watched as a nasty group of elites approached her with their smug faces and flashy outfits, intruding on the freshman festival in a very rude manner. I knew the moment the elites came that there was going to be trouble. I'm sure you remember Mayor Lawrence. She's still the mayor of Silver Hollow, always has been and always will be, and you know how much she wants a dictatorship. Now, you and I both know that Silver Hollow is too small and quiet of a town to impose strict laws, or any laws at all, but Mayor Lawrence still tries because that's what dictators do. Even though she is unable to make an actual police system, she's managed to find a large group of elementary school tattletales who are willing to go patrolling around the streets in exchange for lollipops and cans of soda as pay. And I guess that's the closest you can really get nowadays. I'm telling you, these kids are just so annoying. They'll give people tickets for doing small, insignificant things like littering or jaywalking or stealing all of the children in the orphanage and forcing them to work as non-profit attorneys. Like, they'll give you tickets and fines for laws that don't even exist. Now I just knew that Hannah was going to be very confused and very annoyed at the little group of elites that were heading towards her way, showing off their plastic badges and holding their underdeveloped chins up high. I watched as the elites badgered Hannah about illegally taking pictures, even though taking pictures is perfectly allowed. Hannah blinked at them. The elites tried to get her to pay a fine and held out their grubby little hands. Hannah asked if they were Girl Scouts or something, which definitely angered them. She asked if maybe they were selling cookies, and in response, they demanded that she pay up a sum of $100, or they would send her to jail, where she would possibly face execution by guillotine. Hannah just looked even more confused. And of course, I couldn't stand by and watch forever. I made my way down the roof and approached the elites before they could handcuff Hannah and get her head chopped off. The elites immediately recognized me, of course, because they held extreme grudges, and it was not going to be easy for them to forget my face after what I did to them last time. But before they could tax me or fine me or send me to a prison cell and get my head chopped off, I managed to bribe them with a sweet deal.
I told them that if they walked away right now, I would give them a mega-sized bag of Reese's peanut butter cups. You know the elites are candy addicts. They can't say no to those sweet, sugary, factory-made delicacies. One of the elites said he had a peanut allergy, though, so I had to change the deal to a giant bag of Hershey's. I promised I would give it to them in a week, and they were satisfied with the deal. They skipped away because they could not just walk normally. They just absolutely had to skip. So they skipped away, and that was that. But not before a bunch of them stole some of the college cupcakes. Then they hurried away with frosting on their mischievous faces. Those little nuisances. But I was glad enough that I was able to avoid the untimely execution of your sister to dwell on those demon spawns for long. Now, I assume you haven't told Hannah about me. And that's completely fine. I don't judge you for it. I mean, I know that you would appear kind of weird to your family if you tried to explain that your friend from college was a talking cat from the spiritual world. You'd definitely get some judgmental looks, if not a trip to a mental hospital altogether. But it did make introductions a little bit challenging. I greeted Hannah. Her wide eyes grew even wider, and she let out a long string of curse words with some that I did not even know before today. So that was very fun. She asked if I just talked. So I responded, yes, I did just talk. Did you not just hear me having an entire negotiation with the elites? She turned around and about, glancing at the indifferent faces of the people behind the stands, who pay no attention to us in any way. She stared at me for a long moment, put her hand up to her forehead to check her temperature, then asked if she was high. And I told her no, she was not high, because I know for a fact that you would never let your sister do drugs of any kind, and because people who did do drugs didn't wonder aloud if they were high. She asked me how I could talk, considering I was a cat. I responded with a very straightforward answer, that I was actually an angel from the heavens that was bound to a mortal body to serve as punishment for a crime I had done, and that I had the intelligence to learn human language. See, she seemed very interested that I could speak fluent English, Spanish, Korean, French, and Dutch, and that I was currently learning Navajo and Japanese. However, she remained very perplexed at my origin. I didn't bother explaining it again to her and instead asked for her name, even though I knew that it was Hannah's song, because it was the polite thing to do. Hannah gave me her name, which was Hannah's song, then asked me for my name, so I gave it to her. Hannah asked me about the elites, so I told her a little bit about the elites. In the end, they were just a bunch of sorry excuses for police officers. Were they serious about my execution? She asked, to which I replied, Well, maybe. I don't know. I then changed the topic to something much lighter and asked her about her stay at Silver Hollow, how she found everything, if the scenery was to her liking. Hannah sat down on the fountain with her backpack in her lap to chat with me. I asked her what she thought of Silver Hollow and she described it as eerily quiet and still, but kind of in a good way which is a pretty accurate way to describe it. I sort of like the clouds, she said, and the nature is pretty nice, I guess. She said it all with a shrug, as if she wasn't totally sure how to feel about it yet. After a bit, I told her that I knew you. She perked up when I mentioned your name. 
How do you know him, she asked, so I told her that we're very good friends. And although we haven't spoken to each other in a considerable amount of time, in my opinion, we are still friends. If you think otherwise, you are free to tell me any time. I'm not going anywhere. I guess that's pretty cool, Hannah said at my response. I mean, it would have been nice if he told me about you. Then I would have been a little bit more prepared. No offense, but I was pretty tempted to kick you across the street when you first spoke. I said that I took no offense, but that I would certainly not want to be hit in the stomach with her boot, which was chunky and muddy and powerful enough to break the ribs of my poor mortal host. She asked, are there more weird angel cat things like you? I told her no, not, not that I knew of. Normally when a powerful deity like me is exiled from heaven, typically as punishment, they are trapped in a human body and they get by a lot easier. But my crime was more severe, so I was forced to be confined in a mortal host that, sadly, lacked opposable thumbs. Hannah asked what I did to deserve such a punishment. I briefly explained to her that the moral system in heaven was fickle and that, in my opinion, my actions didn't deserve such a punishment, then quickly changed the topic to a good TV show recommendation. After about 15 minutes or so, Hannah stood up. I should probably get going, she said. I promised to get dinner with my roommate and some other people from our dorm building. Before she left, though, she checked just for confirmation. I'm not hallucinating, right? You're really real. I didn't inhale any fumes or anything. She glanced to the side again to check if anybody else was acknowledging the fact that the tiny black cat could talk. But of course nobody did because the college cupcakes and sweaters were far more fascinating than a talking cat. I told her she was not hallucinating, that I was very, very, very real, and that there was no way for me to know if she had inhaled fumes. I told her that I would be in the park by her dorm building if she wanted to check in with me later. Hannah seemed only half convinced, but she shrugged and waved goodbye anyway, then walked down the street and into the unforeseeable distance. The rest of my day was not very interesting. I sat at the fountain for a few more minutes because I guess I liked the feel of the stone and the sound of the water. The festival wrapped itself up in those few short minutes. When five in the evening came, the clock tower rang across town in its proud but solemn voice. It doesn't have a very robust sound, as it's quite old, and it sounds very sad, like a walrus dying kind of sound, but it's still kind of nice to hear. I then proceeded about my regular day, which, as you know, mainly just consists of reading newspapers off of sidewalks and climbing trees to spy on people. It's late August, almost nearing September, and classes haven't started yet, so I haven't gotten the chance to attend any lectures. I'm planning on maybe learning psychology, maybe a little bit of chemistry. It's good to learn a little something every now and then and keep one's brain stimulated. And the students love to have me around on campus. I am quite the icon at Thorn Grove University. Now, your sister, she seems like a very nice person. Our conversation was short, and I wasn't able to scope out her personality in depth very well, but even her demeanor reminds me somewhat of you. I think she'll do just fine in Silver Hollow. 
and I hope to talk to her more because she seems like an interesting person. And no, I'm not trying to be creepy. I'm not going to stalk her around like I did today, which I understand must be kind of weird. But you must excuse my curiosity. Know that I am a perfectly respectable heavenly deity who knows the importance of boundaries. I am merely interested in getting to know your sister more, considering how good of friends we are. Perhaps Hannah will prove to be another great friend. After all, I am in need of some more great friends. Desperately in need of more great friends. I do miss you and I do wish you would reach out more because it's hard to find great friends like you these days. You know how Samuel is particularly a bit of a bother. He'll charge you with buttons for every minute you have a conversation with him, which is not only hard on one's wallet, but also quite rude. Samuel claims that he needs all of the buttons he can get, well with inflation, and at this point I've given up on reminding him that he is a crow, and that there are no taxes or fees for him to pay. And not only that, but buttons do not count as a viable currency, last time I checked. So, you know, Samuel isn't a great friend. Oh, and by the way, if you're curious, Hannah did light that scented candle of yours tonight. Remember that candle? You took it with you as a parting gift when you left Silver Hollow five years ago. I gave it to you. It was perfectly intact when she brought it here, so you must not have lit it. It's alright, though, because when I sat out on the park bench by her dorm building, I could smell the candle through the open window. I just have a really good nose, I guess. And the scent was enough to make my day. The candle smells of lavender, a perfect purple scent. I think you would have liked it though it was a bit too strong for my liking. Did Hannah like it? I don't know. What does Hannah like? Because, sure, she has a personality and appearance very similar to yours, but her interests and passions are bound to be different. Come to think of it, you pursued a major in architecture here. Now, I'm not an expert in architecture, but I'm pretty sure that it's a little bit different from law and politics, so there's that. Hannah spotted me from her window, and she waved, but she had a very neutral expression, as if she was still very unsure if she was hallucinating from mysterious drugs or not. I waved back. Then she closed her windows and shut the blinds, and the lavender scent was cut off. Oh well. I'll visit her tomorrow if I can. The night is cold, but tolerable. I'm currently walking back home, and the streets are emptier than ever but I always enjoy the stillness of Silver Hollow. Wherever you are, Ambrose, I hope you're happy and mentally well enough to imagine and enjoy the purple smell of a lavender candle before you go to sleep. Sincerely, your friend, Willis. Sleepy Silver Hollow is a production of Crowned Crow's Corner. New episodes are released bi-weekly on Saturdays. For more information, visit our website, crownedcrowscorner.com. Thank you for enjoying this episode.